Welcome to Winning on Main Street. My name is Gordon Henry. Thanks for joining us. The American economy is driven by small business, local business people who want to work for themselves and build something successful. These podcasts aim to highlight those entrepreneurs, find out what makes them tick, understand the challenges they face and what enables them to be successful. And today joining us is Neil Palachek. Neil is the founder of Think Like an App and is an expert on small business. He previously was the CEO of the Kelsey Group and has served as a key advisor to leading companies who provide services to small businesses around the U.S. Welcome, Neil. Uh, good morning, Gordon. Thanks very much for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. So, uh, Neil, we're uh, speaking to you today. It's, uh, it's just about the middle of March, and it's a pretty serious time out there. People are uh, very concerned about coronavirus. It's what's on everybody's mind. It's, it's what's in the news. And I thought before we got into your business, we'd just talk a little bit about uh, coronavirus and how you feel it may be impacting small businesses in particular. Well, I think there's a general sort of concern out there among all consumers. And so businesses where there's a where there are gatherings of people, you know, I hear in locally, I live in the Bay Area, that restaurants are definitely feeling a bit of a pinch. Um, at the same time, I think that, you know, it, it's a time for businesses, you know, to pause and think about, you know, how can they do things differently in this era? And maybe they can do things um, with a little bit more technology. So I actually think that that while it's going to be, it, there's no doubt this this period's going to be painful for a lot of businesses. I also think it's it's um, an opportunity for businesses to be thinking about can they change how they do business with customers, where they're le maybe less reliant on um, you know people and uh, staff because some of these business owners they're going to have to they're a staff member may get may get this thing and be out for a little while they're going to have to find ways to work around that stuff so um, I actually think it it is uh, oddly a time when technology may play a bigger role in how small businesses and uh, locally owned businesses think about things going forward sure makes sense um, are there any particular small businesses you think that might be, I know this sounds weird, but helped by this in the sense of like, I mean, as you look at the news, you know, there are certain businesses, obviously anybody who's in, you know, cleaning supplies or- Well, yeah, I was thinking that exactly, Gordon. Right, exactly. right. And, so there are cleaning services. Right. You know? Right. Um, maybe we, you know, we have some, uh, somebody come every other week. Maybe we should up that to every week. Right. Um, so I do think there's some, you know, um, I was out last night, I'll, I'll, you know, at a, my cousin invited me to a concert over in Berkeley. Mm -hmm. My wife looked at me like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and, and I, I went and it was, you know, I was brought down the average age. So you can imagine what kind of crowd <laughs> that was. But, but, but um, I, I, when I got home, I said, uh, I said something like, well, I'll be up upstairs after I go have my Clorox bath. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but, but we really need to be thinking about sort of, you know, are we wiping down our car enough? Are we, you know, are we cleaning things enough? Are we um, taking as, as many precautions as we can? 
So um, I do think there will be some businesses that that do better in this phase. I think obviously the obvious one is cleaning. I haven't thought of many others, but um, you know maybe it is. You know, one of the ones that I think is really interesting to try and figure out is um, the fitness space. Yep. So so on the one hand we're going to be more sedentary apparently we're supposed to uh what's it called uh not socialize uh social distancing right right so that means we're going to be sitting around more which means we need more exercise because mm -hmm. we don't want to get you know too too mm -hmm. uh big and and mm -hmm. so then i think about you know my kids force me to start orange theory mm -hmm. don't know if you've ever been it's you know a well-known brand Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like, do I do that? Uh, on the one hand, I should be doing more of that because uh, I'm sitting around more. On the other hand, you know, it's exposed. It's, you right. know, quite close to social contact. So I think we're going to struggle with these things for a while. And then things are going to sort of play out and we're going to figure out, well, that's relatively safe. And if you use lots of wipes, you're, you're okay there. Um, but what's gonna uh you know what what other categories maybe all the to-go food will do quite well i yeah. i actually read a restaurant uh, about a restaurant up in nevado california mm -hmm. saying that they had just signed up for one of the delivery services because now yeah. they believe their customers their regulars will stay in more and want to order in more so absolutely that's another one I yeah. agree. The delivery services. Yeah. And, yeah. and on that, on that fitness one, I, I was having that conversation with my wife as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to change a routine, but for example, many people don't even think about it, but if you're at a gym and you're lifting weights, you know, who was using the weights before you and uh, all, is all the moisture and, you know, potentially infection from their hands on those weights. And so I don't know whether people are going to be carrying around those wipes with them, or maybe they'll be, you know, supplied at the gym and you can just use them there. But you do have to think about hands, you know, where your hands yeah, are. Yeah, for are sure. Present. Because that's how we transport all this. That's exactly right. I think, I think people thought initially, or at least I thought initially, maybe it was more, you know, being close to people from their breath. But I think a lot of these transmissions are coming through hands. Yeah, because people then put their hands in their mouth or near their mouth or face. And to Orange Theory's credit, they have, you know, tons of wipes and they, mm -hmm. you know, they basically, after you've done a routine, they put wipes right near you. And, you know, the, the goal is that you'll wipe down the handles of those of those right. weights but now right. you know do you wipe them you know how how good a job do you do right yeah yeah how, how good did the person before me do yeah so there's there's going to be a lot it's going to be uh it, it it will be stressful for a lot of people um you know uh, and and you and i certainly are not in the prediction game of where this is all going to go right right well, I thought it was worth uh, us talking about a little bit just because it is so top of mind right now. Shifting gears a little bit, I want to mm -hmm. talk to you about your exciting business, Think Like an App. Um, we'll spend uh, uh, a little bit of time, maybe five, 10 minutes talking about the business overall. And then I really want to talk about um, how small businesses, uh, in your estimation, can use technology uh, to improve what they're doing and how they interact with their clients. So let's start with Think Like an App. Uh, yeah. What is it? Yeah, let me let me um, let me give you some context. Um, 
about a year and a half ago, I was sitting at my desk. Somebody asked me to talk about the customer journey. Mm. And I was, I was sort of, you know, I've heard a lot about the customer journey. And um, I, I probably was staring at my phone like so many of us do all the time, you know. And, and I thought, well, this is the new customer journey. I mean, this is where the modern consumer is living their life. Now, that's a, a topic for a whole nother series about mm-hmm. is that a good thing or a bad thing? But mm-hmm. the reality is that's where the modern consumer is living their life. They're living it through these apps. And it got me thinking that um, because I was being asked to talk about the customer journey to small businesses, it got me thinking that that new customer journey is being defined by these apps. And, um, and that's really what triggered this notion of helping the local small business owner reorient the way they do business to think like an app. Now, companies like Amazon have been doing this for years. They, you know, what, what that experience that they deliver is founded on, you know, gobs and gobs of research and R&D and all that stuff that the local business owner can't, can't afford to do. So we have to learn in a lot of ways from what the, the, these big companies are doing. So as I was thinking about the customer journey, the other big notion that came into my head or I'd been reading a lot about was this notion of the customer experience. And it's really the coming, it's really those two notions that people were living and doing so much through their app and their phone. And that that was changing the customer experience considerably. And so it's sort of the confluence of the modern consumer living in the app world and the demands of raising customer experience that led me to this. And when I think about how, why we're in this era of customer experience, I think about it again, guess what? It relates back to the phone because the search that goes on in that phone, the connectivity, the speed, these devices that are in our pocket, all the user-generated content, social media, all, all these things are changing the customer experience. So, so that's sort of the context how I sort of came upon this notion of think like an app. Um, and, you know, it's what, what I've set out to do with think like an app is to take a lot of the learnings from these global businesses that have lots of money to, to put against the, 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 the problem and bring it to the local business owner. And so last year I went around the country, spoke to maybe 1500 small businesses all around the country about this notion of rethinking how they do business to put it in the context of thinking like an app. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, um, and, and, and so these things are all connected. I read somewhere, Gordon, that in 2012, 36% of the companies out there believed they were competing on their, you know, one of the core competencies was customer experience. Mm -hmm. That number 
is now 89%, mm -hmm. 89%. I read another stat out there, 86% of modern consumers, and I think of modern consumers as the growing part of the pop population, are willing to pay more for great customer experience. Mm -hmm. so, so the the local business owner has to be rethinking what that looks like for them. So I break Think Like an App uh, uh, in three ways, three pillars of that. Um, it's about authenticity, it's about transparency, and it's about immediacy. And we can get into that. Okay. Um, great. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to hear about those because I don't know that Think Like an App means that every small business should have its own app. Um, I don't think that's what you're saying. So why don't you help us understand exactly what it does mean? Because yeah, you know, many small businesses do ask, should I have my own app? And while the answer may be yes for some, obviously as a consumer, we only have so many apps we want to interact with. So um, you know, it's hard if every local business you deal with is going to have their own app. So what do you mean well, exactly? Well, that's why I called it think like an app mm -hmm. and not like build an app or be an app because mm. I don't think many small businesses need to have an app, okay? Right. Um, because how, you, you're gonna get lost. You'll never be found on somebody's um, phone right. if you're you know, some, some small provider and um, you may never be found on that person's phone. So it's really thinking like an app, not mm. being an app. So okay. that's the first thing. You know, you've gotta go through the analysis to say, does my business really need an app? And I would say, you know, one of the key drivers of that decision process is frequency. Mm -hmm. uh, would, I, would I value an app from a roofer that I do business with? Right. I'm not sure unless, I've, unless my, my roof is leaking all the time, in which case I probably won't hire him <laughs> or her, right? Um, so I think about episodic versus uh, routine things. That mm -hmm. might be a way to figure out whether you actually need an app. So, mm -hmm. so to that point, it's really not um, being an app or building that, but but thinking and and changing the way you do business um, to be more like an app, but not actually build an app. So let me jump into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think. If you think about what I was saying about customer experience, I think customer experience is defined by how well a business owner, you know, delivers on a notion of authenticity, mm -hmm. on transparency, on immediacy, and on immediacy. So let me let me dive into those a little bit. When I think about authenticity. I think what's missing and, and what business owners, you know, are doing a good, you know, a good job, but can always do a better job of is explaining why, why they are in that business, for instance. So, you know, you said I'm, I'm sort of an expert in small businesses. Um, why, you know, why Neil? Why, why, why am I doing this think like an app thing? in the context of the local small business world. Well, I have this heritage of, in my family of small business owners. My grandfather, my great-grandfather came over on the boat and started, you know, delivering groceries um, by 
uh, horse and buggy. My parents were both small business owners. My mom, who's still alive, 93, she started a business running events back in the 70s. Um, I've been part of a small business. I was once part of a large business, but you know, ever since I was with the Kelsey Group and CEO of the Kelsey Group, that was a small business, you know, as any definition is. Mm-hmm. And now Think Like an App is a small business. So, so when I think about authenticity, one of the reasons I think people sort of will listen to me is because I, I, I'm authentically been connected to this small business space for a long time. It's not like I parachuted in last week and thought, oh, I'm going to talk about small businesses. And I think business owners need to share their story, share their brand story, share their um, authentic story about why they are in that vertical or why they're fixing cars or why they're, why they're a dentist or, or why, why they do what they do. Because I think consumers want to have a sense that those business owners are in that business because they have some authentic connection. They have some, 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 um, something that's almost tangible about that space. Okay. Does that make sense, Gordon? Yep. Yep. That makes sense. And to finish out the authenticity piece, I think that, that, you know, business owners need to continue to push on how they communicate mm-hmm. that, brand story and it's going to be often through their web their web presence their website okay. yep, yep. And, and so you know upgrading that all the time uh-huh. is an important aspect of competing in today's world mm-hmm. okay in, in terms of transparency uh, we see this all the time um you know even even in today's uh environment if if you listen to some of the news and, and I listen to both sides, I listen to the red side and the blue side and I'm really, and the purple side, whatever, <laughs> if that's a side. <laughs> and, and, and what you often hear is the word transparency come up. Mm-hmm. People aren't being transparent. Mm. Uh, if you think about um, the VW diesel engine thing where they were basically uh, you basically lying to the public that their cars were less less admitting of of smog or whatever right Mm -hmm. it is virtually impossible today in my opinion to hide stuff in a world of instant connectivity Mm. because stuff is going to be found out and i believe transparency is critical in in being forward in being leaning forward and so you know transparency is 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 really important in today's world sort of on a global basis but but let me tell you what that means on a local basis yeah i think it means sharing progress sharing insights and and let me let me dive into this progress thing uh, I bought some uh, sleeves, uh, you know, sleeves so I can be outside but have my arms covered so I don't, you know, get cancer or whatever. Okay. And well, I mean, you know. Yeah. And and so I bought them on Amazon. Uh huh. And you know, it told me that they were leaving the warehouse and they were being delivered, and I get these messages. Okay. Mm. 
we've been trained that's transparent right mm -hmm. they've opened up the kimono mm -hmm. and i think the more businesses are able to open up their kimono and share with their customer what that process looks like right. you might call it what's what's it like to make the sausage mm -hmm. that engages the customer in that experience yeah so let me give you a couple examples that mm -hmm. i think are really interesting mm. Uh, a friend of mine sent me a video from an auto mechanic mm -hmm. who used his phone to go around the car to explain to the customer the things that needed fixing on that car. Now, in the olden days, they'd call me up on the phone yeah. and they'd say, Neil, you need your brake pads done, this mm -hmm. is done, this done, this done. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of like, oh, 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 okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I. I guess I believe now you. he now he does it with video, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally game changing. Mm -hmm. Totally game changing. Mm -hmm. Transparent. You know, maybe shows the maybe even shows the uh, the workspace is clean. Yeah. You know, um, another one I think about this in terms of bringing people into the process or the progress of something. Mm -hmm. What we don't like anymore is sort of this, what I call the blindfolded buying experience, Yep. where I say yes to something. And then sometime later, I get, it, it, it comes, shows or up. it happens, yeah, right? Shows it shows up. Yeah. up. Amazon's taught us to expect these, these progress reports, right? Well, well, there's some categories. And, and this is one that I've, I've always loved to share is this um, moving and storage guy. Mm -hmm. that I met in, I think it was Greenville, South Carolina, but I was in so many cities last year, I can't remember them all. <laughs> Moving storage guy says, you know, Neil, I have 25 customers at any one point in time. And every day, every one of them calls me to say, where is my stuff? Right. I have a record of where their stuff is on my, in an Excel sheet every day right. because it's being updated by sensors. So he knows exactly where Gordon's stuff is as he's moving from Philadelphia to Texas yeah. or wherever. Yeah. And he says to me, he says, Neil, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna change this. Instead of having them call me every day, right. which I don't mind, I'm actually gonna send them a text yep. or an email, he hadn't figured it out at that point, yep. that their stuff is, you know, it's it's left uh, Kansas City. It's on its way to the next stop, and then it's on its way to the next stop. So it's bringing that customer into the experience. Yeah. Oh, and guess what that does for the guy, the business owner, gives him more time to go find new customers. So instead of having twenty five customers at any one point in time, he might have thirty or 35. Right. And he doesn't have to be reactive to them texting him saying, where's my stuff? He can be uh, pushing Proactive. it out to them. That's and furthermore, right. you know, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, staff and how many people you need. You could have probably a somewhat junior staffer if it's a matter of taking pictures or uh, capturing some information and sending it out to them so that you're free to do the work and not to be doing kind of the administrative uh, piece of it that maybe uh, you could farm out to somebody else. Totally. 
right? That, that, that's what I mean about transparency. I've discussed this within you know, various companies and, and one guy said to me, you need to expose your systems. And I love that term because exposing your systems, because the truth is, is that almost every business has information stored in a system. And in the past, that information was sort of hidden. And I think Absolutely. what you're really talking about is exposing it. And Amazon's a great example. Another great example, I think you've maybe told me in the past, was uh, airlines. You know, we all, you know, m m most of us interact with airlines, you know, or, or travel in some way, even Uber. Uh, you know, Uber shows you the car coming to your house. The airlines show you not only the flight times and schedules, but the gates. And you can even pick your seat. You can see, you know, which seats are taken and not taken. That's all available on their website. All these big companies are very good at exposing their systems. I think what you're talking about is exposing that information, which you don't even think of maybe as that valuable, but your consumer would actually like to see. Totally. It, it's, 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 as I say, opening the kimono. Yeah. You know, yeah. showing people how we do things. Yeah. Because that brings them more into the process. Right. And makes them feel more connected to that, that experience. Right. Right. And, and even to the, to the point of, you know, e you know, let's think about um, even a plumbing job. Let's say I'm going to have a, a big plumbing job done at my house. Mm. Um, even pictures, you know, like, We've done this, we've completed this, here's a picture. Mm -hmm. We've completed this, here's a picture. Mm -hmm. So, um, and maybe it's setting up, you know? Um, there was a guy I met who, uh, I think I may have told you the story once before, Gordon, who did, um, he was a uh, auto spa guy. Yeah. Auto spas are where they wrap your car in, you know, camouflage or whatever you want it wrapped in. Okay. And. This guy would take a picture like every hour and a half as he's doing the job and he'd text it to his customer. Mm. You know, I, I mean, I was always a, I, I was, I, I always loved to go to um, factories to watch things get built. Yeah. That's like opening, you know, exposing how it gets done. Right. And, right. and I think it, it, it engages people. I remember going to the Hershey factory uh, in, um, it's about three hours from where I live in the Bay Area. Okay. And to watch them make the, sea, the, the, uh, the Hershey's bars and the kisses, I mean, it connected me more with that product, right? Right, right. So there's so much that can go on in, how did you call it? Uh, opening up the operation. Exposing your so, systems. Yeah. There's so much that can be done there that business owners, that's, that's what I mean by rethinking, reorienting yeah. how they yeah, do no, business. That's, it's, 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 really, it's really a great point. And um, I think it's also useful for, a small, for businesses to think about it because the more of that information they share uh, and kind of they have it and the consumer has it, um, the more I think loyal not just because it's nice, but loyal because you have my information and now the next time I need that fixed, I know I can get it from you. Like you, you example, use the example of the, uh, I think the plumbing, you know, if you have somebody at your house and they're working on your heating, your, your, your plumbing, your air conditioning, your boiler, any of these mechanical things in your house, and they've got all that information and then it's exposed to you, as long as they do a decent job, I think you're probably more likely to use them again because you, they've got all the history and now you know they have the history and you've shared it with each other. And so you can talk about it. It's, it's not this, as you said, it's kind of it's not this one way. You know it. I don't know it, and I have no access to it. So well, 
Uh, so, so perfect point there. I read a statistic, 75% of customers are more likely to buy from a company that one knows their name. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll talk a bit, little about that in a minute, knows their purchase history mm-hmm. and recommends products based on that history. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we see in Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go exactly. to Amazon, it, it knows who we are. We, yeah. we, you know, we type in something and it says, well, you know, other people who bought that also bought this or yep. you yep. bought this before. Mm-hmm. So it starts to learn stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that's a huge opportunity for small and local businesses. And, um, you know, one of the things that always fascinates me is, is the use of people's names. Mm. And, you know, I can go on to my United Airlines app and it knows I'm Neil. Mm-hmm. Okay. It doesn't say, hi, Mr. Paul. It just says, hi, Neil. Uh, you know, local businesses need to do a better job, in my opinion, right. of figuring out their customers' names and using them. And so we're, we're and to, to connect it back to this notion of sort of the, the home service uh, operator, I think where we're going to go is in the future, somebody's going to install a heater or an air conditioner. And in that will be a sensor that my, the, the person who installed it is going to be able to monitor. And they're going to be able to say, oh, it looks like, uh, the heater at the Polichek's residence is about to, the, the blower's about to go out. Right. Let's get in front of that and call Neil and his wife and say, hey, we think your, your heater is about to you know, shut down. And instead of you calling us when it's shut down and it's you know, 32 degrees, we're going to actually be proactive and come out there and get it taken care of ahead of time. Right. In advance. Right. So right. there's going to be all this stuff that goes on and, and knowing your customer and having that dialogue and having that connection is going to be hugely valuable going forward. Right. right. Great stuff. Let's take a really quick break. Uh, we want to have a word from our sponsor and then we're going to be right back. We, we have one, one pillar left, the immediacy. We do. Yep. Okay. Excited about that. All right. Hang on. We'll be right back. This episode of Winning on Main Street is brought to you by Thrive, the end-to-end client experience platform that includes everything small business owners need to meet their customers' expectations. Thrive's award-winning and fully mobile interface delivers technology previously reserved for big business to the fingertips of small business owners nationwide. Thrive's built specifically for small business, but there's nothing small about what it can do. Thrive handles your entire customer experience, helping business owners reach more customers, stay organized, get paid faster, and generate online reviews, all from a single device or screen. To learn more about Thrive, visit winningonmainstreet.com and click on Get a Demo. When it comes to software to run your business, there's no comparison. Check out Thrive today. Okay, we're back. Uh, this is Gordon Henry. We're speaking with Neil Palachek of Think Like an App, and uh, we've been having a fascinating conversation hearing about how small businesses can think like an app and do better in terms of servicing and connecting with their customers. We heard a little bit about the need for authenticity and the need for transparency. Uh, let's move on to immediacy. That was your third pillar. What is immediacy? 
Well, I think it's, it's, it's response time. It's, it's, you know, it's how do you get somebody through your business system as fast as possible? We, you know, in, in the corporate world, we, we, there's a lot of conversation at least about removing friction points. Mm. And I think immediacy is a lot about removing friction points. It's about making sure at the essence, you're easy to find and easy to do business with. That mm -hmm. you're really, you know, that, that I don't fill out lots of forms to do business with you. Or if I fill out one last year, I, you don't ask me to fill it out again. You've mm -hmm. captured it. And so you give me something to react to, to say, is all this correct? I think I went into, um, uh, I was at Best Buy, happened to be at Best Buy the other day. And they asked me to confirm that my information is still accurate instead of asking me for it again. Right. What a relief, um, right? Yeah. yeah and check, so I, yes. think, I <laughs> think small businesses need to think about what, th what that experience is like. Are you making it easy for a consumer to do business with you? Right. And I often, in, in, my, in, in my talks, I would often ask about, um, I'd ask people, what is your TSA pre-plan? Yeah. And, you know, we all, many of us fly and, you know, the TSA line is shorter than the general line. Well, most mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. Now they're all probably very short, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. but, but like, what are you doing to speed people through your process so that you can now do business with them? Right. And, and so that's part of the immediacy. Mm. Another part of the immediacy is um, I used to tell, or I still do tell business owners that they really ought to consider uh, killing their voicemail. Mm. And it, it's funny, I would ask these questions. Um, I'd say, um, how many of you are you know, still using voicemail you know, in your customer experience? Mm. And a bunch of them would raise their hand. And then I'd ask, and say, how many of you like to leave a voicemail? And nobody would raise their hand. And then I ask, how many of you like to listen to voicemail? And a few people might raise their hand. And I'd say, so let's see. All, many of you raised your hand when I said, are you using it in your business? And then when I asked you if you liked to leave them or like to listen to them, most of you said no. Mm. So what's the disconnect here? Mm -hmm. Move on to texting with people. Mm -hmm. That is how the modern consumer wants to engage today, mm. in my opinion, or through the phone, an, an actual conversation, right. or through a live chat experience. Um, I think voicemail in today's world is, you know, you could, in many categories and cases, it might be the kiss of death. Yeah. Because if I dial somebody's business, and I get their voicemail, I move on to somebody else because right. I have no, it, it, I'm like dumping my information into a black hole. Right. right. So, and that immediacy is a function of, you know, our phones. You don't, you don't go on to a, a, an app, an Amazon app or a United app or any of these apps that are by big companies. And they say, oh, sorry, leave us a message. We'll get back to you. Right, right. Right. Um, apps usually don't sleep. Yeah, they don't sleep. And usually there's chat or often there's chat. And so often, yeah. you're interacting with somebody. Uh, it, it seems, Neil, that the way, you know, kind of summarizing everything you've been saying is that's 
small businesses have to realize that big businesses through the smartphone, through the apps, have raised our expectations, really. They've raised the bar. And the small business has to begin to, to in order to compete, has to, has to raise their bar too. They have to provide the same kinds of experiences that we're used to from these market leading companies. That, that's totally what this is. That, that's really the foundation of this, is that yeah. what's going on, what, the, what's happening is that these large businesses are redefining our expectations as yeah. consumers, yeah. which I call the monitor consumer. Yeah. And that puts incredible, um, an incredible amount of importance on small local businesses being able to stay with that. Right. And I think they can do, in many ways, they have an opportunity to not just stay at par, but do better. Do better, Because, yeah. you know, United can't be that authentic with me. Right. Okay. But, 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 you know, the... The plumber, or even Orange Theory, the which is kind of a franchise business. You know, what was interesting when I when I signed up down there, they sent me a handwritten note in the mail. Okay, mm-hmm. in the United States Postal Service, I got a handwritten note. Mm-hmm. They learned my name incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have an app because they're part of a large franchise yeah, network, sure. but they track data. Mm-hmm. and they share it back mm. um you know they do all those things yeah all those and things. Mm-hmm. yeah and so um and, and the and the woman who runs it who started it you know if you can search on orange theory and she she's got an authentic story this has been fascinating to hear uh the pillars of uh, of think like an app and 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 why small businesses need to raise the uh, level of the experience. I was going to ask you if you could just shift for a second and talk about the technical side, because we began by saying the small businesses don't necessarily need an app, and you made that point. So I just wanted to ask, from a technology standpoint, since our show tends to usually focus on Mm -hmm. software and technology and what technology small businesses are using or should use, um, is there any, if you were talking to a small business after presenting this, uh, this idea, um, what would you say to them about technology? What technology do they need or should they have in order to think like an app? Well, um, first of all, they should look for appropriate technology. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first things. What's appropriate for their business? And I, you know, as, I, as I think more and more about think like an app and what's, what are the technologies that can be can be leveraged to be more like an app. There's a lot out there. Uh, in terms of immediacy, you know, there's their chats, their chat, their live chat platforms, their automated chat platforms. There's texting platforms. Uh, there, there's um, a ton of technology out there. You know, what's what's more important is how does that technology work in collaboration? So that the business owner who says, yes, Neil, I'm going to think like an app and I'm going to use all these technologies (laughs) for authenticity and transparency and immediacy now has 72 apps staring at them. No, Mm. that's not what I'm suggesting. You got to find ones that work with each other and build upon each other. But certainly things like CRM, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, essentially knowing my name and knowing enough about me to be to be thoughtful in how you communicate with me. 
Mm -hmm. um, in in terms of authenticity, it's you know what what kind of website and web experiences out there. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of immediacy, I always think about you know making sure that your information out there on the web is as good as it can be, mm -hmm. because you know one of the things that the modern consumer will not tolerate mm -hmm. is going on the web, seeing that you know a store is open at ten, somebody goes to the store and it's not open till eleven. Yeah. Okay. Failure. You know so. You know, I, I we could we could have a whole long conversation about all the tools that are underneath these, but there's technology in virtually for all of these things to be sort of up your game uh, across the board. Right. Is is that something you consult the small businesses about? Uh, how should they find the help? Should they should they go online and do their own research? Uh, what, what do you what do you tell businesses to do? Well to figure it out what what i tell businesses is the first thing is small steps mm -hmm. small steps don't do this don't try and do this overnight um you know and you know um find find good examples one of one of the things i'm trying to do is put together examples mm. of those companies that are doing it well mm. and then look at that as a as sort of a roadmap of how some, you know, how you and that maybe the same category can do well. So mm -hmm. I, I think back to that auto repair mechanic mm -hmm. and I tried to figure out what's the software platform that they're using for those videos, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what I would, that's how I would instruct a business to go about it. Take small steps, think, think every day about how good is the experience I'm delivering back to that customer? Because right. it really starts there. And think like an app and sort of reorienting your business is all, in my mind, a means to an end, the end being a better customer experience, a more modern customer experience. Right, right, great. Um, well, I think we're gonna leave it there. And uh, you know, it's funny just to kind of close out our discussion, Neil, um, I, I, I think, You've you've made a really interesting point. Um, like you, my uh, my uh, grandfather actually was uh, a first generation American, and he owned a small uh, haberdashery shop. They used to call mm -hmm. them those. It was it was sort of a men's clothing shop in New York in the garment yeah. district. And uh, in those days, of course, he did know all his customers' names. And you would walk in, and he knew your name, and he probably had a little card file, and he knew your measurements. It was all very personal. And of course, today. We've lost that, and and it's a weird thing. But the big businesses, in a lot of cases, know us better than the small businesses, uh, because they've just and gathered so much information. And I think it's really, in a way, the small businesses' job to sort of use the technology to get back to what we've lost, which is that the consumer, at the end of the day, wants you to know who they are, and they want to get help because you know them and you can help them. They want you to know whether it's their measurements or, as you said, their plumbing information or you know how often I need my grass cut. Whatever the thing is, they need help and they want you to know how to help them. Think right? about my grandfather, my great-grandfather, who horse and buggy delivered canned goods in um, Sharon, Western PA, Western right. Pennsylvania. Right. He knew, and he didn't even know the language very well, but he knew that the Smiths, had bought can you know tomatoes right. last week this week right. they need corn right right and we've sort of lost that 
and we need to get back to that. And I think that's 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 the opportunity in front of right. us. Right. I really right. believe that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks again. This has been this has been a great conversation, and and uh, I think many small businesses will hear this and agree. Uh, and still be thinking, okay, how do I actually implement? So maybe that's a discussion for another day. We've been speaking with Neil Polachek, founder of Think Like an App. And thanks again, Neil, for your time today. My pleasure. Our American economy is built upon great entrepreneurs like Neil. We appreciate their time sharing part of their story with us here on Winning on Main Street. Tune in next episode for more insights with another great entrepreneur. For now, this is your host, Gordon Henry, signing off.